Well, haven't you know talk, talking about kind of stretching the law, seeing seeing as how you know it it impacts people in different ways. I mean, it goes it goes even into the a lot of these different what they call activist organizations out there. So there was a major major screw up this last week, and I put on my glasses so I can so I can kind of read this is. Undercover police officers' photos were accidentally released this last week. It was a, a major screw-up. And so here's kind of the summary of what happened. When the STOP, the LAPD Spying Coalition, an activist organization that is focused on the abolition of police of the police state, what they did is there was a um, Public Records Request Act that was put together by one of these left-wing reporters uh, from a news site called Knock, Knock Los Angeles. So this reporter from them, Camacho, basically sent in a, a public records request uh, looking to get the roster of the LAPD's personnel listing names, ethnicity, gender, area, rank, year of hire, weight, height, along with headshots or photographs of every officer. The problem is that in response to the public record request that the LA provided all the information. And so then you have this, this activist group that I talked about, Stop the LAPD Spying Coalition. They launched, they basically used that information and launched a database called Watch the Watchers, which in there included every LAPD's officer name, rank, serial number, and photograph. And the biggest problem of this all, Mike, including officers working undercover in operations involving gangs, cartels, and narcotics. And so you've got the police chief, uh, Chief Moore from the Los Angeles Police Department, that apologized to his officers and admitted that the department had mistakenly provided the photos. In addition, you've got basically the union for the LAPD that has filed a lawsuit. And in this lawsuit, they are basically trying to force the department um, from making the officers' photographs public. They're, they want the court to force the uh, site to take down the photos of the undercover officers and to basically take down this website until the Los Angeles city of Los Angeles can determine the security concerns of the, using the officer's images. And, you know, you've, you've got the, you've got a spokesman for the uh, stop the LAPD spying coalition named Hamid Khan, who basically says, no, we're entitled to all this information. We should know who these officers are. Um, and should you get stopped by an LAPD officer and you feel you've been disrespected or you feel you've been aggravated at some point or another, then there's this website so you know who exactly who they are. But, I mean, it is it is, seems as though it is justice or craziness gone one way or another. And it's, you know, it is uh, it's it's this whole thing. It's like the police are, are, are enemies, you know? Um, yeah. Well, to, to these folks, they are. Yeah. To these folks, they are the enemy because... You know, I mean, and I feel bad for the police because, you know, they're trying to go out and do their job. And, you know, then they end up in a court system where, like we've talked about, they, you know, all of a sudden what they what they're arresting people for is knocked down. And, you know, people are back out on the streets. They're arresting them again. It's a it's a revolving door. Um, so so there, are, there are people in the community that the police are the enemy. Um, and I think it's crazy what happened. And I think, you know, that's, I completely agree with the union. Uh, I mean, you know, they, to me, it's protect the law enforcement first. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, nobody is condoning, you know, excessive force or things like that. But somewhere in the middle of all of that, 
where you have the use of excessive force and the and then taking their their photos and putting them on a website along with people who are under you know police officers who are undercover somewhere in the middle of those two things there's got to be room for some kind of understanding and some kind of thing that allows for public awareness but doesn't put in harm's way the men and women that are serving in the police department because to me that's more important um and you know one of the other things i don't understand about that is well that way you know who the police officer is well last time i checked they walk up and they have their name on their badge and you can say ask them okay what's your name i mean every time i watch a cops thing or something on TikTok, and, and you know it involves police officers the first thing the damn people are asking is okay what's your name it's like i don't know how the police have that kind of patience with folks i certainly help sure as heck wouldn't but you know it, it's like you know, it's not like a big secret if you to, to be able to find out who the, who they are and what their name is, but it shouldn't include their email or their phone number or their address or certainly if they if they're undercover. Somehow that someone should be doing an investigation as to how that happened, and however and whoever's responsible should not be working there anymore. Well, and the thing is that you've got the the not. I mean, to add more to the story is you've got the county of Los Angeles that will be voting this week to look to basically cut down one third of the prison population. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have gotten into this idea and it, and it falls along, along this environmental justice kind of movement where it's this idea that if you are, if you live in a neighborhood that is predominantly poor, if you yourself are make under a certain amount of money, if you happen to be ethnic, then there has been the systemic racism utilized against you and you and the people in that community. And thus you should be entitled to certain things. Um, and in this particular case, you know, as they're trying to use it for the jail population, it's this idea that, well, you know what, we need to reduce jail population by one third. And we'll try to devise up what those rehabilitation programs are for these individuals. Well, cutting, you know, cutting out one third of the prison population, that means they're back out in the street. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they're going to go hang out in Beverly Hills or, you know, or Malibu and say, you know, because that's not their neighborhood. They're going to go right back into these immigrant populations, these poor, poor communities, and start recommitting crimes. Because we have seen from recidivism rates in California, where we've got about a 70% recidivism rate in a lot of these neighborhoods. And that means that you're going to have 70% 70, 70 of these people are going to recommit another crime, unless you change the system somehow. But rather than make things tougher, or rather than kind of work it on the end of when they're young, you know, when people are young, how to prevent them from going into some of these crimes or, you know, when they hit that fork in the road, and I'm making that wrong decision, right decision or so forth. How do I help them make the right decision? How do I provide them with opportunities by which to do something within their life? Nope. They want to take care of it from the other end when they're already out there committing those crimes, you know, and, and involved in that decision is zero bail once again on a variety of crimes. And so you got zero bail, you got released one third of the population, you've got this whole idea of making the criminals the victims in the society, but where the hell are the victims themselves in the sense of who's looking out for them? And that's my issue with it. It's, I mean, all of those are valid issues. What you said earlier about the social uh, environmentalist thing, you know, what is it? What did you say? You said three things. You're, environmental justice. Yes. Environmental justice. But they're, they're from poor neighborhoods. If you're poor neighborhood, if you're minority, if you make under a certain amount of money, 
you know, then there's the idea that, you know, they put railroads probably around your around your neighborhood, warehouses. And so you've got an increased amount of uh, pollution. You've got, you know, right. you, there's a, se- a sense of systemic racism that has been occurring in those areas. And you're old. That's oh, okay. basically the bottom line is you're old. Well, I think I might support that because all of the things you just described is how I grew up in Civil Lake and Providence. OK, I mean, I, I don't think my parents made more than twenty thousand dollars a year. Um you know, and we never owned a house, we never owned a car. Um, you know, we had manufacturing plants all around us in our neighborhood. Um, you know, and I'm Italian. So, you know, I, I, I think I qualify. Where do I pick up my check, please? Uh, <laughs> I'll take it in in and out burgers, actually, at this point <laughs> in time in my life. I'll be happy. Or Lipitor, you know, I mean, one of the two. Yeah. I, I just think it's crazy that that you know, the approach is we want to reduce the prison population. Well, okay, that's great. But, you know, what you ought to do is, um, you know, do crime prevention that prevents people from committing crime. I mean, because they're in, they're not in jail because they look good. They're in jail because they got caught and convicted of something. Um, and so, you know, the, the whole concept of the goal is to reduce prison population because that makes our society better is, is like living in a fantasy world. And that's what, I mean, honestly, that's what some of these folks mm-hmm. are doing. And by the way, when you put them back on the street, last time I checked with all deference to the new mayor of Los Angeles, we still have the largest homeless population in the country in Los Angeles. Okay. And I know she's got all this federal money to come in and, and fix it and stuff like that. And you know, I, I don't, I heard an announcement the other day, it was several million dollars. And I'm like, well, they spent 12 billion and it didn't do any good. So what's several million going to do? Um, but, you know, that's where they end up and they end up right back in their neighborhoods. And so how does that help the people who are trying to raise their kids, right? Who are living in those neighborhoods that don't have, uh, you know, you talk about the systemic racism that don't have the economic means to leave their neighborhood and go someplace else. And now they have to deal with this and they have to deal with it as part of their lives. It's not fair to them. So, you know, but, but that's kind of the folks that people in California elect, especially in Los Angeles. So you get what you, you get what you uh, vote for in this particular well, and the case. Thing is, and even in Sacramento, there's a debate going on as to whether or not to ban police dogs, because there's a, <laughs> there's a viewpoint that police dogs are racist. Right. No, they're I just mean, hungry. They go, I mean, yes, they go, but they, they, the police dogs go after those that are, have committed a crime. Right. I, right. I don't think they're looking at they, saying, okay, they, well, they, this, this was, this was a little bit darker than that one. You know, Hispanic right here, you know, dogs are colorblind, yeah. by the way, in case anybody didn't know dog, dogs are colorblind. <laughs> so that shoots that shit, that thing right out of the water. And, and, you know, the police dogs don't go after you until you start to run. I mean, that's the other thing. If you're pulled well, there's over, a com- there's a command and there's a command that's given. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, so, you know, but you're right. There, there is a thing. There are California legislators that want to ban police dogs because of the stigma, um, you know, that comes with them in, in terms of, you know, things that happened back in the 1960s. And, you know, the reality is the police dogs serve a valuable role not only to go and protect the police officers themselves, but, you know, their ability to sniff things out, um, to be able to, to, you know, go in and, and, and do searches. Um, and, 
you know, protect the community. And so, I mean, it just, I mean, people just really need to stop and think about that for a second. That's how stupid people in Sacramento are. That's how stupid the people you elect are. They want to get rid of police dogs because they're racist. The dogs are colorblind. I don't, I mean, it stops right there. I mean, you know, common sense, uh, and they only do on command. And you don't see people, you don't see the police like saying, you know, releasing the dog on someone that's standing with their hands on the police car or something like that. It's, you know, they're running from the scene or they're not, you know, they're not coming out or something like that. And so they send the police dog in. And then once they, the dog has the person, you know, they, they stop. It's insanity. It really is. And, you know, as you can clearly tell, Anytime someone says something bad about a dog, it really pisses me off. 